0: That's indeed.com slash Blue Sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Sports. Terms and Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Benched with Bubba, Episode 48. Uh, tonight I will be rejoined by a former guest. We talked early in the base, actually before the baseball season. About fantasy baseball. Tonight we'll hit fantasy baseball, fantasy football, and more importantly, Game of Thrones. That's what it's all about these days. But uh, the the guy joining me tonight is Matt Modica. You can find him on Twitter, at CTMBaseball. He's on FNTSY Radio. He's a busy man. Roto Experts, football frenzy. Kicking off tomorrow night, old school fantasy with Chris Vaccaro and Corey Parsons. Matt, how are we doing?
2: Uh, We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, It was a long day, a fun day know, I got myself some tea over here,
1: <laughs>
2: but uh, otherwise, yeah, no, it's it's been great. You know, we're coming down to the, you know, six weeks left of fantasy baseball, fantasy football is on the horizon, so, you know, you got like two worlds colliding, and uh, eventually fantasy football just swallows everything up. Yeah, it's, it's
1: crazy. You see it every year. Everyone's into the, the baseball. And then right after the all-star break, give or take, it just disappears. It's football time. So we will hit on baseball a little bit, and then we'll dive in. I know we've talked before. Our passions are baseball, but it is what it is. So let's kick into it. Giancarlo Stanton is on his tear that is video game-esque. You got Aaron Judge, who had a great first half, and he struggled out the gate in the second
2: half. For the rest of the season, who are you looking at? I'm still going to go with Stanton. I mean, the problem with Stanton has been in the past, being able to stay on the field throughout the season and finish the season. That's why when he was going, say, as a third rounder this year, you had to take a chance on the talent. It's paid off. Hopefully he can finish the season. Look, Stanton was playing so over his skis in that first half. It was incredible. It's fun to watch. And Stanton, to me, is like Joey Gallo. We love their majestic, their crazy home runs that they hit. But, I mean, Judge is never going to be a 320, 330 hitter. So, it, it, it's all uh, Stanton for me. Yeah,
1: I agree. Stanton has the track record. I was telling someone before, we've always wanted a full year of, of Stanton, and we're getting it for now, and it's it's living up to the hype. <laughs> it, it, it is what it is. Um, we'll stay on the air and Judge – Wagon though because everyone's hyped on I know you do a ton of like I mentioned Everything you do you're probably already Planning future mock drafts for Baseball next <laughs> season or at least it'll be, planned, it'll be Planned shortly I've heard all about Different people doing them and these names Get brought up a lot and I kind of See it but I, I'm, I'm wary so I want to see Hear your opinion Aaron Judge Cody Bellinger likely the ALNL Rookie of the Year I've heard people mention first round Picks for both these guys where do you Foresee them in your drafts next year
2: See the thing with fantasy baseball and pretty much fantasy sports in general is recency bias, and everybody's gonna look at that second half. The second half always outweighs the first half, and as I mentioned just prior with Aaron Judge, it's like people are gonna say, "Wow, the strikeouts." I mean, Joey Gallo's outplaying him right now in the second half. Cody Bellinger, to me, is a much better prospect. He's younger. I mean, we forget Aaron Judge is like 25, right? Or something like that. Cody Bellinger's 21. I'm going to take Cody Bellinger every time. I mean, Aaron Judge is going to finish or he's going to hit more majestic type home runs and eye popping home runs. That would be like, wow. But for me, I'm going to take the more complete. And I think Bellinger has a lot more growth in his game still to go. I don't know first rounders like i said we got to see how things finish out the problem with me with judge too is being a first rounder is power is so it's it's like oversaturated in baseball so for me that's going to be a tough uh that would be tough to pull i couldn't see myself taking Aaron judge in the first round
1: yeah you made a couple really great points there the first thing on the power We saw this last year in drafts. It was not as valued as it has in the past because you can get a lot of 20, 25 home run guys later in the draft. And we're seeing that again this year. So it should be similar next season. And the point with Bellinger, he is only like 21. He didn't even have power like this early in the minors. This is just developing still. He's been more of an average guy and the power's coming. Um, They're, I agree. If you're going to take one, you're taking Bellinger over Judge. I just can't see myself personally taking either in the first round. But I've heard it out there, so I'm looking forward to
2: seeing how it goes. There's going to be somebody. Like I said, it really depends these next six weeks, but there's going to be somebody that's going to say, you know what, this is a Bryce Harper talent or something, you know, an overreach.
1: Oh, No doubt about it. We see it all the time. (laughs) Speaking of Bryce Harper um he's out four to six weeks maybe longer the bone brews they don't know what it actually the healing time is going to be and we did talk about earlier and i completely agree there's no one way to replace bryce harper but out of guys that you know that are on the waiver wire in the outfield what are some of the names you're, you're pointing people towards to help at least fill categories
2: on their team uh yeah like you say at this point in time honestly right now it's just all about categories you're never going to replace a Bryce Hopper. I mean, maybe if the trade deadline in your league still exists, you can try and move around some pieces. But, I mean, what are you looking at? You're looking at a guy like Eddie Rosario and possibly get – I mean, uh, Dexter Fowler would have been a guy. But These guys are now really hot, so they're already probably picked up. It's, for me, if you can make a trade, uh, key in on a specific – Category that's going to help you the most. Because it's, it, I mean, realistically, you're not replacing this guy. You're not replacing a 325 hitter, a guy that's going to, you know, with that power, RBI's runs. I mean, it was in a way, as baseball fans, we are very lucky that, you know, it could have been so much worse. It could have been an MCL and an ACL. So, you know, I mean, Tim Beckham, if you needed a shortstop or power, I mean, Mikey, um, took it's just dependent upon what's going to help you the most right now which which you honestly can't just you cannot replace them
1: yeah um let's get to some pitching this is for if for some reason you guys don't know matt he's a Mm -hmm. pitching guru in fantasy baseball um let's get into some pitching we talked a lot pre-season sales scherzer kershaw obviously well, pretty much the top three. I don't see many arguments there from people. Mm-hmm. Um, with the 10-day DL this year, we've seen a lot of bigger names kind of get that little rest for Knicks, little Knicks that they usually don't get. We've also seen some big injuries, some of these guys. Um, are you even more inclined to take these guys? Like, Where would you take the three big guys next year in a draft?
2: Well, I did take Kosher in a couple drafts, number one overall. Now the second time with a back injury, that's gonna. I'm not going to do that again next year. It's not that he doesn't have the talent. he's sure that he can do it. But this back thing seems to now be a major issue. That's something that's going to pop up possibly every year. Is he still a first-round talent? For me, yes, but I'd probably have to think more towards the end of the back round, uh, back of the first round. I'm not going to pay up like I've been paying up for him. And I would also draft Scherzer, Kluber, Sale, all around that range as well. Because these guys have proven that even with pitching, you know, the ERA is consistently going up as baseball has really catered to the home run. It's, like, getting ridiculous. It's kind of pissing me off, to be honest with. And these guys are just consistently excellent. They are elite. What Corey Kluber is doing is just silly. Uh, Chris Sale... Everybody, you heard you heard the mantra prior to the season, lefties in Fenway, they don't succeed. Uh, people try to get, you know, it was like the boogeyman kind of thing, trying to scare you off. Um, Max Scherzer, what can you say? I mean, from the last couple of years in Detroit and now what he's doing with the Nationals year in and year out until Scherzer does something different. These are guys that I would love to take. If I have a elite first-round pick, I want to grab one of these guys and then grab my hitter which you have such an advantage in this pitching landscape today.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, Like those four horses you just named right there, I say horses because they're going seven-plus most nights where the rest of the pitching landscape, you're getting five, six innings because they get to 100 pitches and, oh, no, we got to take them out. And if they're all trying to strike guys out, there's also probably four or five walks. It's a mess out there on the pitching landscape. So if you can get those four horses, like you said, you're already – far and away ahead of everybody else. And um, I'm glad you mentioned Kluber because I didn't put him down and it is my fault. And it's it, it's the, the thing with Kluber is he gets so overlooked. You always think of the big three and he has been phenomenal this year. So very good point with Kluber on that. Um, let's talk about three younger guys. I know Ooh. we mentioned these guys in the preseason and they're, they're looking great. Um, Aaron Nola has been amazing since his return from the DL. Godley's been good all year. For the most part. And then you got Garrett Cole, who had a hiccup in the middle, but overall having a really solid season. More like a little more like the Garrett Cole we expected. Um, where about roughly I know we got a ways away a lot can change. But if you had to draft tomorrow, where are you looking at these guys in the draft?
2: Oof. I, I don't know if I can give a specific right now for next year's draft, but I'll 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 put them in order. There you for go. me, it's gonna be Aaron Noller Is the guy, and he's got the injury history. We gotta hope he can just pitch the full season. But what he's doing right now, we we knew he was talented. Uh, we had some reservations because of the health, but what, what he's showing us now, and now you're starting to see him get some experience under his belt and stuff. So, Aaron Nola would be my one out of this group. I've always been a carrot Cole guy. I don't think he's ever going to live up to the expectations we once had, but I think he's a really good pitcher. He's he need his uh the key to his success going forward is avoiding the blow up starts. That's what gets him in trouble. That but he's 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 uh talented. We'll see. I'm I gotta I gotta think Pittsburgh's going to move him this offseason. They don't have that much time. They have uh, what, one more year with him. I think so. And yeah. they're not going to be able to sign him. But I would go Cole as two. And and Godley is just somebody that I think even next year there'll be people that want him, but he's still not going to get that respect that he kind of deserves for what he's been able to do. I mean, if you got him early on, you have reaped some nice benefits, uh some nice benefits. So he's really delivering.
1: Especially in Chase Field, and next year, a the Humidor working. It could be interesting with those Arizona pictures because maybe if people aren't on to what's going on, but if they listen to any fantasy stuff at all, they'll know by then. But um, it'll be sneaky to see where they're draft they're drafted compared to years past. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to mention this guy. You were one of the biggest fans. I was a big fan of James Paxton. When he's healthy this year, he is an ace. Mm-hmm. But the problem is when he's healthy. What are we going to do with Paxton? You already mentioned with Kershaw, back problems were one thing; those keep coming. This is an arm thing, like an elbowy thing, I believe, or shoulder. That's not good either. So, what's your plans with Paxton? Because you can't keep taking this gamble.
2: Yeah, look, uh, I kept paying up from as in the preseason as the price kept going higher. I just, I just kept looking at what he was able to do in that second half. He was a guy changed his mechanics. Everything was pointed in the right direction. Everybody liked him coming into the year. I just kept saying he was worth paying that price that kept going up. Going into next season, I, I mean, there is he's gonna have to have some sort of he's getting some sort of surgery at some point. So for me, it's gotta be a discount. I I'm not paying up as as aggressive as I was this year. I'm gonna have to pull back uh hopefully it's not a major surgery but it looks like something's gonna happen to this guy unfortunately and it looks like he's just not gonna hold up or something has to be medically corrected so it's got to be a it's got to be a nice discount which is so unfortunate like you said when he's been healthy he's been an ace and it's been so much fun to watch uh the nickname big maple they got the fans chanting hey and all this stuff It, it it was really uh, a fun experience watching his starts, but you you just have zero confidence that the health is going to hold up.
1: Yeah, it's an absolute shame because I had a ton of them. I was big on it just like you, and it sucks. It really does. Honestly, if they weren't in the race, they should shut him down, but they actually have a shot, so you got to pray he comes back for some starts, I guess, mm-hmm. but surgery looks to be the only answer. Uh, Last baseball question, and we'll get to football, which, like you said, most people are focused on these days. Um, What are a couple of maybe maybe hitters or pitchers or whatever that you're kind of looking to target here towards the stretch run? Or, like, yeah, I'll just go that way. I'll leave it really loose so we're not here all night on this subject.
2: (laughs) It's, like, right now it's going to be for pitchers trying to look up up matchup starts. You're going to be looking at matchups going forward and stuff. If you were lucky enough to get Danny Salazar, so he was dropped in a lot of leagues, like, I screwed it up. Before he was making that final rehab start, I could have picked him up. But I was like, ah, I can get him next week. And he just – I needed a bat, and I put him second on my Ferrari. I had him top. I moved him down, and I regret it because he's been Fantastic. I mean, what are you going to do? I and mean, Parker Bridwell, you guys like that. I mean, I'm trying to think what you have. And he's probably not even out there. But I'm just trying to guys you're going to be looking at right now that you could possibly get are guys that are out pit, out pitching their peripherals don't really have strikeouts. So it's stuff like the Parker Bridwells, the Andrew Cashners. I don't know how the hell Andrew Cashner continues to defy this thing. I mean, I look just at Edward Jackson. He's on a good team, old man. Edwin Jackson who's played for like you know half the league he he's getting it done right now. So for me at this stage it's tough. I I, I mean are we going to wait on kids like Honeywell? Tampa Bay is having a horrible month, yet they're only a couple of games out of the uh division. Yeah. And I mean as far as hitters go, if you needed some power, it's like a CJ Crown. If you if you could put him in, I mentioned Tim Beckham getting traded to Baltimore has revived him a uh, Mikey Mate uh, took kind of thing. Uh, Milky Cabrera, you know, he went back to Kansas City and he just seems to get it done. So it's it's more you're just looking to fill categories, uh, whether you know with, with the hitters because it's it's going to be tough. It's pretty much unless you're in a league that's non-competitive at this point. Everybody, you know it's 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 that you know dog fight now it's it's a race
1: yeah totally um let's move to fantasy football a little more strategy talk here and um just basically out the gate what's kind of your strategy in, in a uh, in a fantasy football draft Are you quarterbacks early running backs early what's your kind of philosophy for the most part because if people don't know matt plays a ton of high stakes nfbc stuff football baseball so he's very very well versed and he's probably done 15 drafts already for all I
2: know. So uh, yeah. actually I think I've done like 16 drafts, believe it or not, it's crazy. I did my first draft on May 23rd, believe it or not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I I I, I mean now that, that I'm talking every day on the air and about and we started talking football. I mean, especially with Corey, he was pushing the football. And people love it. You just as much fantasy baseball is my first love. That's my passion. I would love to be talking about it year-round all summer long, but the fantasy football, if you want to stay in the radio year round, you gotta talk fantasy football. You know, if you want to be a four-month guy, you just talk baseball. And the thing that I knew coming into this year, the, the the mantra that would be pushed is you have to go get your running back, you have to get your running back the bell cow back, all that stuff, which I am not opposed to. If I if I have my choice I want the first or second pick. I want David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, for me, it's Le'Veon Bell's the number one player. But for most, it's David Johnson. And I love both. I mean, David Johnson helped me overcome teams that I had Sammy Watkins last season. You know, or teams that in that second or third round, the player I drafted busted. He was so good, I could overcome it. I, I am not opposed to getting these rookie running backs. I I play the PPR format. I don't do. I mean, look, ESPN has now defaulted to PPR. So I think that's pretty much the industry standard now. It's it's points per reception leagues. So for me, if I could start off with two stud wide receivers, look, I'm not averse to taking McCoy in the first round as well, but I'm still gonna take Julio, Odell Beckham. I mean AJ Brown to me was the third overall pick in PPR even before Zeke got suspended. So with Zeke's suspension, you see Elliott, uh, uh, with Zeke's suspension, you see McCoy, I see him go as high as four, five. He seems to be settling in that six range. I'm not opposed to people doing it, but I'm not going to pass up on those uh, those two stud receivers. And as I mentioned, in that third round, the guys like Mixon, Cook, Isaiah Crowell is another one I do like. That's a fantastic offensive line, probably the best interior line in the NFL right now. Hugh Jackson wants to run the ball. Hugh Jackson knows how to run the ball. So, I mean, that's a guy I like. I'm a big Leonard Fournette guy, but now I'm concerned about the foot-ankle issue because he had that last year in college, and he had it last year. Now it's creeped up in the spring. So, you know, if, if your wheel ain't going to work and you're a running back, that's no bueno, as they say. So look, sometimes maybe zig one zig. If your comfort zone is say start, because I know a lot of people's comfort zone is one wide receiver and one running back in the first two rounds. Hey, if that's your comfort zone, that's fine. Uh, I would say don't be a slave to ADP. If you get a chance and you can do whatever a mock or one of these best balls, or if there's somebody that you that you prefer to follow. For football and you like their rankings or whatever like over at Roto experts. We have Jake Sheely. he's like the accurate expert and you want to go that route To give yourself a guide But get your if there's a guy you want you got to overpay a little and you believe in that guy Go get him. You know don't be like, oh, well. I can't take him yet. It's too early Don't overreach and do something outrageous, but you know if you want that guy you got to get sometimes you got to go out and get him
1: yeah, no, that's all great advice. Um, I'm a big running or a wide receiver first two pick guy. If I don't get the top two, uh, but one thing I've noticed, and you mentioned the best balls, I think that's great because I always used to say do mock drafts, mock drafts. Uh, but you you go in so many mock drafts, unless you're like doing Howard Benders, you know, mock draft army and stuff, you get a lot of people that disappear after like the fifth round, and then it just goes horrible. So these best balls that are just slow email drafts. Are great like practice to get ready for the the big day, as they say. So yeah,
2: like the like the my fantasy leagues, we can't we're not allowed to play them in New York this year. Yeah, but if you're great. not in New York uh, for ten dollars, you can have a good experience. I totally agree with that. You know.
1: Um. All right. Real quick on Ezekiel Elliott, I guarantee you've talked <laughs> too much about it already, but I have to at least bring it up. Um, six game suspension. He'll get four at least, I think. If you, I, I still hear rumors that the evidence is that bad. He might just take the six. I don't know. But he's already dropping down to the 10th pick in, on Fantasy Pros. Uh, what are you telling people to do with him?
2: I honestly think it's going to stay at six. I don't think it's going down. The NFL got – when they dropped the six, they knew they had to be prepared. They know what happened with the Tom Brady. This is a much serious – uh, issue and they they got four experts that they hired. We haven't seen the uh, evidence, but it has to be a treasure trove of information and damning evidence against Elliot. So I'm I'm gonna go off the philosophy that it's six games. If he was lucky he gets one game knocked off and I really don't see that. Because they've even stated that they had this is all for the domestic violence issue. There's other issues as far as with the woman that was an acquaintance of his, but he pulled up her top, and her breast was exposed. Then he had the bar fight. So if he wants to fight this, really, I think the NFL is going to tell him, "Look, take your medicine," or we could even drop the hammer on more stuff against you. And it's not—it's not something he wants to go to court and have this play out. It's not a—it's not a good look. It's a bad PR thing. So for me, I would tell you the third or fourth round. If you have the number one pick or the number two pick and you can get a bell or a Johnson I think that two three turn is where I would strike I'd have my I'd have a plan by having one of those two players like as I mentioned previously it allows you to overcome a lot and then you get a guy like so you have Bell or Johnson and a Zeke in that second half that's pretty scary. So, but in the leagues that I've been playing, he doesn't even make it to the two, three turn. People are still, it's like people have that optimism with injuries. They have the optimism that Zeke's going to go down to three or four games or Zeke's going to take it to court and he's not going to miss any games. But I'm being realistic here. The NFL needs to get this right. They've been, you know, on a lot of these domestic violences and other, Serious issues they fumbled the ball time and time again, so I'm just telling you be prepared they knew when they dropped this Jerry Jones was gonna go ballistic and There were possible legal battle, so they got their ducks in a row here
1: Yeah, I, I've heard reports that the lawyers have seen the stuff, even Zeke's lawyers and it's one of those You don't want to go to court things. It's just mm-hmm. you don't want this aired out. Take your like you said take your medicine mm-hmm. Come back week eight call it good and move on because it, it, it's supposedly, like you said, really, really bad. Um, speaking on Zeke, with the, the likelihood he's out for six games, where does that move McFadden for
2: you? Well, I mean, McFadden right now is kind of like a seventh-round pick is where I'm seeing him going. I know two years ago he got in that offense and everything was good. This is another two years later. It's not that he's a thirty-four-year-old back, but he's a guy that's been injured often. I'm interested, but I'm not one of these people that automatically thinks I get McFadden. I, I draft Zeke, as you say, maybe that second round, and then I get McFadden, and life's going to be fine. I'm I'm very skeptical on McFadden. I, you know, I, I want to see this guy be able to stay in the field. Does Alfred Morris play a role? I'm not sure. I, I think Morris was a good back. Maybe he's a better back in the Shanahan system, but we'll see. So I get the McFadden love. I'm just more skeptical on it. I'd rather have a couple of backs or in that seventh round, draft a guy like Theo Riddick for me.
1: No, I like that lot. I'm glad you mentioned uh... – you mentioned Alf because it's Alf, and there's an, even a third one there. There could easily be a committee that we don't like, that most aren't even talking about right now.
2: Yeah, they got the Rod Smith. They like that kid, and they brought in. I mean, Ronnie Hellman They brought in, but I can't see Ronnie Hellman being. But he's there. Yep. Yeah. Um,
1: you mentioned you like two receivers in the first round. This big man, given he doesn't play usually a full season, when he does play, he's almost the best receiver. Period. But he plays tight end. We're talking Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski. Do you ever take him early? And if you did, where would you where would you like to take him?
2: I was never somebody that would take the tight end uh, super early. Last season, that actually kind of changed. But, uh, in, in my biggest league, Gronk was there in the third round with the third pick. And I really had no intentions of taking Gronkowski. I just didn't even expect him to be there. And it was one of those, well, he's here. How do I not take him at this price? I've seen him go into the first round, you know, early second. I took him and it was it was just god awful. Here's the thing with Gronk. If he plays 10 games, if he plays 10 games or more, he's going to score double-digit touchdowns. That's just what he does. You look back the prior two seasons from last year, it was 15 games each. So it's one of those high-risk, high-rewards. I'm just not a tight-end guy early. I love Jordan Reed. He was a guy I did have a lot last year. But another guy just never stays on the field, never plays 16 games. I know the Travis Kelsey love. It's real. What he was able to do the second half of the season was really impressive. I think for, like, week 7 to 16, he was, like, second in receiving overall. I mean, it was really – the touchdowns just weren't there. But he just went on fire. He went nuts. He was like a video game player. But again, yeah. if I'd rather wait for like a Jimmy Graham or even wait later and get myself Kyle Rudolph. I'm a big Kyle Rudolph guy. I think you get him at a really nice price. He's perfect for uh, that offense. Sam Bradford likes to go to him. That offense, since Turner left from like week nine on, became a passing offense. So this is a guy that has the receptions. I mean, he had – just as many or one or two more or less than Travis Kelsey, as far as receptions. I think he had eight, eight touchdowns, That's not the first time he scored eight touchdowns. So I'm more of, you know what, I'm going to wait for that Jimmy Graham level or even later and take a uh, Kyle Rudolph.
1: I, yeah, I've always personally been a wait-on tight end guy. Uh, so far this year, Jimmy Graham's where I'm starting my tight end love. I, I absolutely love what he's doing. The weight loss, mm-hmm. they say he's had in the offseason and the way he's looking. He looks a lot more like the Graham of old. And then, you know, like uh, a Rudolph or a, an Ebron or even an Ertz, I have no problem with those guys. And if I'm going really late, O.J. Howard, I'm taking gambles on that guy.
2: Mm-hmm. For me, my, my deep sleeper at the position is Austin Hooper. Uh, yeah. Matt Ryan loves strong to the tight end. He threw 10 touchdowns to the tight end last year, it was spread spread around, but Hooper's a former second-round pick. And as you saw, as the season went along, he got more involved. You Look at the playoffs, he got better in the Super Bowl quarter touchdown. Austin Hooper is my uh, tight end sleeper.
1: Yeah, that's a very good one. Uh, You mentioned you you really like the running back, the rookie running back core we have this year. Mm -hmm. You know, Fournette, Mixon, Cook, McCaffrey are the main four. You don't have to go super deep on these, just like Cliff Notes versions. What are you expecting out of these? And kind of like give us your description in order of how you take them.
2: Uh, I mean, Fournette to me was a special talent. And it's fantasy football, it's all about opportunity. We were looking at possibly like 300 plus touches this season. A team that spent the fourth overall pick was going to basically be the focal point of their offense. You know, the horror show that is Blake Bortles. I mean, I know in fantasy, he's been good. He's been horrible in the NFL wise, and his camp is just really bad. But the ankle foot injury is really concerning. I do need to see him in that dress rehearsal. Uh, The next up, we'll say Dalvin Cook, to me, should have been the second running back in the draft. If you've seen this kid play at Florida State, I mean, he did everything dynamic. Problem was the underwear Olympics, the combine, he was a flop there. It totally plummeted his stock. Vikings were smart. They moved up a little, snatched him up. Good job by them. Joe Mixon is arguably the best, the most talented running back in this draft. But Joe Mixon was on tape knocking out a woman. So it's a team. And I I thought the Raiders would take him in that first round. You know, the Raiders are one of these outlaw teams that go and, you know, do these kind of things. But the other team that does it, was the is is the Cincinnati Bengals and they took you know early second round pick on Mixon. Uh, I don't believe the Jeremy Hill propaganda that he's going to start. Don't listen to that. That's that's pure nonsense, people. So I really like him. These are uh, players that have tremendous opportunities. And Christian McCaffrey, he's going to to me catch at least fifty balls, possibly catch over sixty, and in a PPR. That's gold. Uh, Jay, uh, Jonathan Stewart is there. Jonathan Stewart gets injured every year. Jonathan Stewart's thirty years old. I don't see Jonathan Stewart changing. Um, you know, it's it's an issue having Stewart there. Maybe he caps some of McCaffrey's value, but once again, I don't think he plays a full season. Stewart. I'm going to throw one more rookie running back out there, a guy that's going more like eighth roundish, maybe a little later. Uh, Kareem Hunt for the Chiefs. Nice. He's a guy I've been saying, look, Spencer Ware will be the starting running back on week one. Hunt doesn't need to touch the ball 30 times. He's going to be involved from the opening of the season and just get more involved every week. He uh, Andy Reid, as far as being with Kansas City, I think a third round picks the highest he spent on a running back. You want the running back in the Andy Reid offense. This kid was really good. He just played at a small school so that's another rookie running back.
1: Yeah, if people don't know him, he's great in open space. If they can just like screen passes, basically, this kid can take off like super talented. Um, maybe Tyreek Hill ish from last year. Repeat there. Um, give us, you mentioned Austin Hooper as your late round tight end. Give us a couple running backs and wide receivers you're looking at late uh, in your drafts.
2: I mean, as far as the running backs go, the one person I've been. Telling people to draft, you know, if you're doing a 16-round draft and you're in the 13th round or something, draft Rex Burkhead. I, I'm a Bills fan. i I seen Mike Gilleslie, uh talent. He's still – the problem with him is he's missed almost two weeks of camp, at least 10 days. He's the guy I think they want to be the, the Garrett Blunt type, the workhorse kind of guy. But they also went out and got Rex Burkhead. Burke has got some talent and you just don't know with Belichick. So to get a to get a pot to get a piece of that running back position late, I think he's a guy to definitely uh acquire. He's not gonna cost you anything. Uh Jamal Williams talking about rookie running backs. I like Ty Montgomery. If I just not sure if he's the guy I'm in. But I'm not sure. We're going to need to see because he's got the soft tissue thing. He's had issues in the pass protection. But I think he's a nightmare matchup for opposing teams. And McCarthy wants him to be the guy. But a guy that's going to get the opportunity due to injury these next couple of weeks is Jamal Williams in Green Bay. You have to at least pay attention. He goes uh, double digits. So, look, once you hit that double digits, you're swinging for upside. So, you got to look at him. Jonathan Williams in Buffalo, the last two seasons, the, the second running back in Buffalo has kind of had some standalone value. And when we go back to Carlos Williams, you go to Mike Gillisley last season. These are backs that are scoring touchdowns, they're involved, they got yardage. Jonathan Williams was a guy I thought last year would have the Mike Gillisley role, but he was injured, he got suspended, all that kind of stuff, or was going to get suspended. So, after one preseason game, if I look at the running backs with the ones, maybe the most impressive was Jonathan Williams. I mean, he looked really good. There was even a run called back on a penalty, but he looked really good last week. So, he's another guy. And God forbid something happens to Lashawn McCoy. He's the guy. The volume that he will get, even if he's not the most dynamic running back, he just he can't fail in that kind of volume. So, that, those are a couple of guys the Quiz Rogers if you need somebody early on, goes supremely late. You know he's they kind of abused him last year, maybe overworked him. I don't know if he should be touching the ball thirty times a week, but you know that's a, looking like a, a a fantasy friendly offense. So I take a shot on him. Martin suspended for three games and go from there. Uh, wide receivers, uh, you know, once you. A guy that is injured right now, and his stock is—you know—he's starting to slide down nicely in drafts. Is rookie Corey Davis? He to me is a stash and cash guy. He's a guy that you're going to draft now at a depressed price, double digits later on, and at some point he can possibly in that second half win you leagues. He's supremely talented. I'm, I'm still a Kenny Britt guy. I saw what he did last year in uh, Los Angeles. It really was more with Case Keenum, not with uh, Goff. But <clears throat> as bad as the Browns quarterback situation is, look at what they had last year. They had like seven different quarterbacks. And a guy who I absolutely love this year, Tyrell Pryor, was able to get 1,000 yards. He's a, he's a receiver that, look, he's going late enough. Ted Ginn. You know, you put Ted Gitt on a fast track indoors, you add Drew Brees, you got to like him. I mean, you have to like the situation there. Maybe he's a poor man's Brandon Cooks this year. So he's another guy I'm going to like later on. If Josh Doxon could ever stay healthy, supposedly he's healthy now, getting back on the field. Yes, Uh, I feel obligated to mention this guy. Uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, I drafted him in the beat Chris Listley in the NFFC, in the 15th round, Kenny Galladay, who everybody became uh, acquainted with.
0: Mm-hmm. I was
2: getting him back in July, in like the 20-something round, in like best balls. That's no longer a thing. Earlier this week, on Monday afternoon, I did a draft, he went in the 10th round. That's mm-hmm. pushing it too far. You know, when he goes in the 10th round, and I'm getting Corey Davis in the 12th round. That's not right. But I did another draft this week where I did take Kenny Galladay late in the 12th round as my number six wide receiver. You want to take a shot on this kid? He's got some uh size to his game. He's been somebody that the Lions have talked up since OTAs. He's a piece that they need. He's an uh he's a red zone target. The Lions need that's why people like Eric Ebron. We're still like, you know, Paul Bolden's gone. They don't have that big end zone receiver. As much as I love Golden Tate, he's never been really a touchdown guy. But this kid, Kenny Galladay, let's keep an eye on him. He's not the savior yet, but somebody to watch.
1: Yeah, all really good names. The, 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 the Galladay one just sucks. <laughs>
2: he's
1: going up so high. Like, that was one I knew about. You obviously knew about. Now everybody knows about him, so it's like, God.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting if like this weekend, if he shows sure like another touchdown. It's it's just it's really gonna no, get it's over. It's, it's getting it. stupid already, but it's gonna really yeah. get stupid. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. But uh, that's what's fun about all this. And if you know the deep stuff, the preseason won't affect you at all. So it's really good. Um enough football talk, enough baseball talk. Let's do Game of Thrones talk. Cool. Let's do it. I know you're a Game of Thrones fan. People know I'm a Game of Thrones fan. I've only tried recording one every week when I can find someone to talk to about it. Um, it's been amazing this year. Just before we even get into this last episode, just what's your overall thoughts on what's been going down?
2: I, I thought the last couple of episodes were really good. The episode prior where, you know, Jamie's charging and he gets saved, me and my wife were both a little disappointed. You know, I if it was George... If it, if it was the old man doing it, I think he would have got cooked. I think he would have got burned alive. And to me, that would have kind of been like fitting how he killed her father, the Mad King, the fire guy, and then, then he gets burned alive. I mean, as much as you don't want to see him leave the show, that's Game of Thrones in a, in a, in a nutshell. That's how Game of Thrones is. You know, The people you love, the characters you get invested in, they <laughs> want end up dying, which has made the show great. So for that aspect, we were like, ah, oh, you know, it's it should have been that way. What I, real quick, before we go further, what I find interesting is I was somebody that read the books. So I was always ahead. And I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this last book to come out. I don't know if it's ever coming out. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see how, like, now the series, like because there's things that happen on, on TV that, you know, that they didn't take from the book. Some things, they you know, they didn't take everything. So that's just kind of an interesting thing. I think the first two episodes, I understood the first episode where you got to set everything up. I get that. second one was a little slow, but it's gotten really good. The problem is we only have two episodes. And then what? We're going to have to wait another year and a half to two years for what, another seven more episodes, and then that's it? So I, yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's very, very frustrating. I don't watch a ton of TV. It's usually Sunday night. It's kind of been that way with, like, The Sopranos. It's been, like, HBO or Showtime. You know, like, Curb Your Enthusiasm. I was a huge Mad Men uh, fan.
1: Great show. Great show. Yeah, I'm
2: sorry to see, you know, Mad Men, Game of Thrones, Sunday nights were, like, the, the pinnacle. But I, I'm just very sad that we got two episodes, and, you know, maybe the book will come back out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I've been one that I never read the books but my wife read them and she's read them multiple times and she was always ahead and she'd be like biting her, her nails not to tell me what's about to happen and she she's loved it but the same thing now it's like well I don't know what's going to happen now because he won't finish his darn book so it, it, it's been really cool the best part about this season is in past Game of Thrones you get like three or even four episodes that you have a little action but it's so much buildup, and then you get like the battle scenes there's been something big at least in almost every episode that's been really good and if it's not like you know cgi to the, to the max it's at least a lot of dialogue that you know what it's building up to which is really really good um yeah it, it's great the way this last episode ended it was nuts i don't want to go through every single detail i put the outline here is to remind us of stuff
2: mm-hmm. but uh um, let's this. this real quick yeah. The one thing they had to execute, as far as like CGI was, was the dragons. Oh and my God! And, the, and they did a great job because I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest CGI guy, but mm-hmm. the, they they really killed it. I mean, they really did. And prior to the season kicking off when they had the marathon, I caught the uh you know the end of season one when she comes out of the fire a little dragon was on the shoulder. That to me is. You know, those last two episodes of season one, but that last scene in particular is when that show, you were like, this show is incredible. Oh, yeah. When I, the had, drag- I had to get that oh, in. Oh, <laughs>
1: yeah. No, when the dragons first appeared, it was like, okay, now we can get, we can get into this. Because <laughs> started watching season one, and like three episodes in there, oh, like, this is horrible. What are you guys watching? Where it's like, just stick with it. Trust me. Just stay. Um, but, yeah, that's that is episode four, two weeks ago. The dragon scene that was one of the best pieces of TV I've seen in a long time. That was amazing. Um, but speaking of the dragons, that's one thing I wanted to mention. We could hop through the episode or whatever, just talk game of Thrones. I don't even care. Um, but when she gets done torching, torching the tar, the Tarly comes back to Dragonstone and she lands right in front of John and you're sitting there going, well, this is, this is going to be interesting. And John has his moment with the dragon where you know that means obviously everybody that pays attention knows who he is but mm-hmm. this is like one of the big signs that whoa he's not afraid of them the dragon's not afraid of john you see the dragon kind of like get comfortable with him all of a sudden you see the look on her face or she's like what's going on here
2: well she's kind <laughs> of was, getting comfortable with him too and he's getting you know <laughs> awesome.
1: yeah Oh, that's right. She said, like, uh, when, they, when they went to leave to go to Eastwatch, she's like, Well, I don't really, I'm not really excited to see
2: you go. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there's a lot going on there. Dora's I'll, say back. This, I'll say this about the John and Daenerys, how that's evolving. When I was reading the books back in the day, I thought it was going to be Arya and Gendry that were going to be the ones to unite the kingdom and all that. So, that was m- always my kind of thought. And now that Gendry's coming back in, he's the bastard of uh, Baratheon. Robert. And then you got Herod the Stark. I'm still kind of holding that part out, but it yeah. seems like they really want the Daenerys Jon Snow thing to. Yeah, no,
1: I definitely see that angle with Gendry. And uh, Arya, I've heard that from a few people, and it makes tons of sense from the storyline they had before. Now he's back. It makes total sense. With her, I'm really curious because I've always said I think the Hound fights his brother in the end. That has to happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe she's a part of that. I don't know. She's going to wear some face that's going to throw everybody for the biggest what-just-happened moment, and I can't wait for that. Um, As we saw in this episode, she was trailing Littlefinger around, and then Littlefinger's watching her. I hope she knows what she's doing because she's trained to know when someone's setting her up. So that's going to be an interesting storyline there. Um but going to Eastwatch, well, first before they go to East Watch, when Sam's in his in his house pissed off, and Tilly's reading the book and is reading the sentence that he doesn't let her finish that would have said, This is John's mom and dad.
2: Yep. The whole annulment type thing and all that. And Sam's always like the level-headed guy and he finally loses his shit, and he couldn't take it, and snaps out. And yeah, yeah no, but that's that's like Game of Thrones, where really. like there was that chance, and it was like right in front of him, and mm-hmm. he just happened to lose his cool. And kind of if if people weren't paying attention, I think most people got it. I think some people might have might have still missed it. So that's interesting. And just getting back to the Hound, the Hound and aria in the book were like the two best characters. They they, oh, they I love, I, them I love two them all. together were were utterly amazing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that bond they built on, like I said, I haven't read the books, but just the way it developed from start to the end, it was awesome. It was big brother, little sister, and they were just, it, it was great. It was really, really good stuff with those two. Because before it started, you wanted nothing to do with the Hound. He was a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And now you're rooting for him, still to this day. Yep, No, so,
2: he is. He's, he's great. I love the scenes with him.
1: Yeah, he's a really good actor, and that leads us to... They're at the wall. They're at East Watch. Actually, they're through the wall when the episode's over, mm-hmm. and they have this just genius idea to go past through the wall, and that just seems like such an easy thing to do. No big deal. So with like what seven guys, maybe. Um,
2: to <laughs> <There's gonna laughs> a few hundred thousand uh, Walking yeah. Dead. <laughs> yeah.
1: like, I'm, I'm sitting here watching this go. This this just seems like the worst idea I've ever seen. This does. Somehow it's going to work where like two or three guys are going to die, but the big guys are going to come back. Maybe one of them, like Jorah or something, I could see getting off. Like something weird could happen there. But, you know, John's John's not dying yet. If he's going to die, it's not this way, it's going to be something else, in my opinion. Um, he, like I said, the hound's got to fight the mountain. He's coming back. I'm really good. Like, Gendry. Storyline with Arya, he better come back. Uh, it's just, but with, like you said, with Game of Thrones, anything can happen. What do you think is going to happen?
2: Uh, yeah, I agree. I uh, think yeah, maybe like Jorah is going to die. 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 The, the, no, you're good. The, the Hound is still, I, I agree. There has to be a faithful for him and his brother. That has to be some sort of penalty. I'm looking forward to seeing the, uh, what's his name, the Lord of Light guy. I think that looks like yeah. one of the coolest scenes when, when the sword of fire comes up. I'm, I'm just so excited for that. That's I've been jacked for that scene all year. So, yes, yeah, so some people are going to die. John, I, I can't see him going out like this. And he yeah. seems to, he's got to, it seems if they were going to kill him off already, he would have never came back. So, he came back from the dead. This isn't the spot. Somehow, some way, they're going to get a White Walker back over the wall who 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 comes back from the wall the hound john i'm really uh, i think gendry i think those three kind of make it back i don't know about anybody else but i gotta think those would be the three that do make it back somehow some way does i mean i don't know is there any way that they get saved by Daenerys and a dragon i mean i'm trying to think how they could possibly get? It. How are they gonna go in and steal a White Walker and make it out from this whole hundred thousand people? So that's I'm what least, I'm trying, trying the, to think like the like dragon has to be involved or something. Yeah, the way
1: I what what I'm worried about is two things: the wall's magical, dragons are magical beasts. Can dragons go through past the wall? I've wondered that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: sure. Second, all. You see posters come out before episode one where the white walkers have a dragon I want to know if a dragon goes over there and helps them get out, but gets killed in the process
2: The other thing and they turn it with the white walkers how they're going by each watch and the water They can't go through the wall. But can they go around it if it's frozen? You know, that's the that's other not- well, can they make it frozen? You know what I'm saying? So that's somehow some way they have to come across I have to think mm-hmm. we have to have this epic battle of, you know, good versus evil and who rallies to everybody's side. I mean, I, I'm assuming that episode seven. The good thing about, even though we only have two episodes left, it's like 70 and 80 minutes each. We got like an extra yes. 10 minutes, an yep. extra 20 minutes. But that's just for everybody out there. But I got to think like the last scene is like them crossing the wall. They have to make it past the wall. Mm-hmm. At the end of this, for everybody, like to me, that's got to be the cliffhanger, you know. Them either get, you know, them getting past the wall at some point, somehow, some way.
1: Oh yeah, and there's gonna be like Bran will have one of his ravens, you know, see this going, oh shit, <laughs> 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 they're here. <laughs> yeah, they're Bran's
2: become uh, quite the dick. Excuse my language, but like, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's it's cool though. Like, you know, now he's like totally taken into like the third-eyed raven and all this.
1: Like the he's po- taken over. The, he's taken over the man in the trees character full bore. Yes. Like, he is that guy. Um, I love it. Um, Arya's character development has been amazing. What? Who? If you had to pick one, who's your favorite character?
2: I mean, Arya was in the book. That probably my favorite. She was just so awesome. She was. I, I probably got to say her everything that she went through, and you know, to finally get back home, and now she's this sick warrior. You know, uh, who are you? I'm nobody, or that whole It, it was just really good. She definitely has to be one of them. So, and, and I still think it ends up, I mean, that was my original thing, her in January, So I kind of get a feeling that, you know, it's just usually the people that don't want to be, you know, mm-hmm. kings and rulers and queens and stuff like that. Like Sansa desperately wants to be the lady of Winterfell and, you know, would definitely take the Iron Throne. Like, you know, she's got, she's she's a good person, but she's got that Cersei in her. Like, you know, like she kind of respects Cersei for like the powerful woman that she was, even though the hell she put it through. Uh, so, yeah, I'm trying, I mean, like, that's probably my favorite character. And I, I do want to see what happens with her and how her final thing goes through
1: if she makes it to the end my prediction is she becomes of winterfell
2: mm-hmm.
1: she cuz she's a leader she's the one that over Sansa, she should be in charge of something um, i could see that last question otherwise we could talk all night on this <laughs> who outside of arya cuz that's your prediction outside of arya who do you think ends up on the
2: iron throne Outside of her who ends up on the Iron Throne. I I Think it's I think Danny is Too obvious. I I Just Mm -hmm. think that's just I think of throne stuff. Yeah, I think somehow (laughs) some way It's gonna be heartbreaking. She's not gonna make it. Uh She's going to die somehow so I don't know how mother dragons fire all that stuff somehow some way she dies. Maybe it's in a her, her heroic way that saves the Seven Kingdoms or something like that. So I think it's either Arya or Sansa that somehow sit on that Iron Throne. Maybe Littlefinger's maneuvers and all that. Who knows? Maybe it's little Littlefinger that ruled the kingdom. I've been scared something of crazy. Something that. crazy okay. like that. He'd be,
1: he be. It's he's the perfect like the same. I believe it was season one or 2 it Might I've been like three or four hours. Cersei's had so many crazy lines. When she says, basically, if you're not playing Game of Thrones and you're going to die or something like that.
2: Yeah, you, you either win or you die if you, if you play the yeah. Game of Thrones.
1: Outside of Cersei, Littlefinger probably plays it the best. Cersei is the best. She's played it the best so far. Yeah. He, Littlefinger. Free.
2: Littlefinger's a great character. I mean, he was he was back in The Wire. He was the mayor in The Wire yeah, and stuff, or the councilman, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's he's a, he's a, he does a fantastic job. I totally agree with you there.
1: Yeah, he, he's a great character. Wire—that's another great. God, we should just talk TV one day.
2: I yeah, that, like I say, that was like HBO is. Yeah. Much, at this point, yeah. in my life is young. i don't know how everybody does all this fantasy stuff and watches all this TV. So I'm like, with you, man. It's just Sunday night, a few shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I added Fargo into my wheelhouse, yeah. but otherwise, it's just you got to be really choosy. This is really tough.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. My wife and I—there's tons of shows we want. You look at our TiVo, and it's full. Like, we just never get to it. Full (laughs) season. It's just sitting there. Um, But, yeah, we could – man, we're going to have to talk again about this sometime. Maybe next season and and really get in on this because it's going to be awesome. Lots to do. Like you said, two episodes left. Then we get a break, and it's six episodes after that. It's all we have left.
2: So that's what they're doing at six next time around? They're not even doing seven,
1: huh? Seven this season, six next time. It sucks. Um, Yeah, that's going to be
2: at least a year and a half to two years, I think. There's been talks of like two or three spinoff
1: shows, so you never know.
2: Yeah, well, I, yeah. I think it's just it's too powerful of a show that they, they they want to milk out more money. They're not going to let it die. Well,
1: it's like The Walking Dead. They made Fear of the Walking Dead. They're going to do as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Um, the question I was thinking of now, I have to ask you: a character that I've really started to enjoy. He's a complete prick, but I enjoy the heck out of him. gray Greyjoy has been the actor that plays him is just mm-hmm. awesome where do you think he's been the last two episodes?
2: Yeah, well he was with the uncle. Uh he got saved again when he jumped when he you know jumped away from the uncle. No, and not, now not, he's
1: not the on Euron, his uncle.
2: Oh, oh, Euron. See, this is a yeah. character in the book. I pitch an older, a more tougher kind of guy. Like the thing I don't like about his character is one, he seems a little too young, and two, he's like uh they dress yeah. him like some hipster and stuff. Right? <laughs> yes, you know, they do. Him a little more, like, rougher and tougher. Where has he been? I, I, you know what? That's a good question. He's doing, you know, I, honestly, that's really good because they pretty much, they ruined the uh, Navy for uh, Daenerys and stuff. So that's yeah. a good question. You know what? I I was just, uh, the thing with that and, and the Greyjoys, the casting of The Uncle he's good but i just wanted him older or just i don't like the way they dress him i think maybe too he looks like some guy from like a some kind of a hipster from a rock video or something like that yeah but him and, so. and his uh, sister the sister in the book i thought should have been more of like i don't know who who was the uh, princess warrior back in the day on tv what the hell was the name i can't remember yeah, yeah. something like that more, yeah, yeah. Like, like a xenotype, a more rougher, sexier version. Mm-hmm. And she's more of a dumpy kind of like, you know, I, I don't <laughs> know. I'm i not trying to be mean to anybody, but I just, what I no, pictured from reading mean. the book, like the uncle, yeah. the sister. And I think the uncle is a good actor. I just don't like the way, I, I think it's more wardrobe and how he I looks aesthetically. That. That's, a, that. good he looks like, oh, that's yeah. a good question. Where is he? I've, I've been so into such so other thinking about yeah. the other things, I've, I've uh, kind of put that one off.
1: There's so much going on, so it's gonna be awesome. The two episodes. What do you think he is? See, that's the, the last thing we saw. Is he was he, he destroyed his family's navy, and then he went and destroyed the last boats of uh, the Unsullied over in uh, Castle Rock. That's the last we saw of him. So I don't know, because there's no other boats to blow up. He's pretty much taken care of that. He's not really a land fighter. He guess he will. I honestly don't know. Unless he's the one that impregnated Cersei off the camera, and we don't even know about it.
2: Mm, that's a that's a good point there too. Because like, as much as she loves her brother, she's kind of telling him like, you know, screw me yeah. one more time, go behind my back, and it's you're gonna get it too. <laughs> she um, she she's uh, a after nothing, as far as female characters on TV, she is the goat, the greatest of all time. Yes. Hanks, yes she, I love her. I love, I, you know, she's just utterly amazing.
1: She does such a great job to make you hate her so much. It just shows how good of an actress she is. Yeah, like, yeah. she's so good.
2: I'm so happy for her. I'm just going to tell you. I'll confess my love for her <laughs> on the podcast. On, on the yeah. <laughs> she's, she's
1: amazing. She's amazing. But, man, Matt, this was awesome. Lots of fun. Baseball, football, most importantly, Game of Thrones um check him out on twitter at ct and baseball fantasy radio at fntsy radio he does his roto experts in the morning show he does the football frenzy and he's going to kick off tomorrow night old school fantasy with chris Picaro and Corey parsons uh, anything else you want to throw in there
2: uh, i will be going to first pitch arizona look dude if you can make it out there it is a good time i mean just from the uh watching the fall stars like all these arizona Fall league games The seminars, just good people, good people out there. I recommend it to anybody that gets the chance. And, look, I still watch a lot of baseball. I still try to tweet out the baseball. It's just like I said, if you want to be on the radio year-round, you got to talk fantasy football. You got to get involved with it. And, you know, thanks for having me on again. We'll definitely do it again. And uh, thanks for today. Sorry for a little – we had to push it back a little bit. (laughs) But I think I just ran out of gas at some point.
1: Uh, no worries, man. No worries, but yeah,
2: thanks
1: for coming. everybody. This is big. Uh, again Matt Modica. Check him out on East Ball. We'll catch you guys later.
2: Take care, man. Have a good night.
0: American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.